Welcome back to another episode of The Kitchen Table. Grab yourself a cold beverage, light you up a good cigar, sit back, and enjoy the show. Episode 14 of The Kitchen Table. This morning I have Mr. Thomas Cruz. Good morning. And we have a special guest today. Don't introduce yourself yet, man. Mm, we have special a, speci- a special guest today. Um, when this, this So this uh, topic came up two weeks ago when I did my last episode on... Um, what the fuck did I do my last episode on? Remember, you did it by yourself. Some bitch... Um, Whatever it was, it was a toss-up between the senior man and whatever I did last week. I can't even fucking remember. Uh, it'll come to me in a minute. Um, Which is more comfortable, G-strings or granny panties? That was. That was. That was. That's next week, okay. by the way. Yeah. And it's uh, G-strings, if you're wondering. But. Right. Um, but anyways, if when you were, when you when this came up, it didn't win, and I forget who I was talking to. I was I was having a conversation on social media with someone. And I I really wish that the senior man would have, because I think it's an interesting topic. Um, yeah. I, I put a post out very early this morning because I have to get up early now with kids that go to school and stuff like that. So I got up early and I put this post out. I did a little. I don't ever. I did a podcast last week with Roger and, and Tony from the Charge the Line. That was a cool one. Actually, we did that one on training. That's what it was. It was training. Thank you. That was last week's. It was the collab with, they're going to be pissed off. It was with Tony and, and, and Roger. Um, but when this when, it, when this came up, I did a little research. I don't have an agenda. We, I told you before yeah. off air, like, hey, man, this is just fucking, we're going to talk. But I didn't know as I was going through that the senior man back in the days used to be called the first whip. I was like, that's a cool term. I, I was like, like let, that. let me Makes sense. Let me look into that. What's the first whip? Why why is that? And so I started doing back when the fire engines were still horse drawn carriages, right? The first whip was carried by the captain's driver. Which back then that guy was always the most experienced other than the captain. So he, he wasn't an engineer. He wasn't an engineer, he was just the, the chauffeur for the ship. chauffeur. Right. But he was usually the most experienced in what they said, like the unofficial leader at the firehouse. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, and so they would, he had the first whip in his hand, so they called those guys the first whip. That's pretty cool. And they said that the, the term stuck for a while, and then like everything in the fire service traditions tend to, to die off, and they've kind of changed it to the senior man. And that's why I wanted to bring it up because I personally, and we'll discuss it amongst us three, that I think that's another tradition that's dying. Unfortunately, you know. Um, so now we'll get into the introduction I have with me: firefighter to paramedic extraordinaire for life. Because <laughs> you, 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 you don't want you don't want to you don't want to promote, brother. That's, I'm beyond that point. I think is what it is. That's a funny thing talking about promotion. We'll we'll get to the introduction of Albert in a second. But we were at that golf tournament a couple of weeks ago up there, right? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 the uh, Olympics. The, the Firefighter Olympics. And uh, Donkey, who may show up, Israel, in, uh, he, we were hanging out in the pool, and uh, another fire captain came up to him and, like, court. Drunker than dog shit, dude. Just fucking hammered. It was Ted Vicker. He was hammered, right? And it's just because of what you said, like, you're, you're past that point. He rolls up to Israel, and Israel's been in, I don't know, nearly 20 years or something like that, in the 18, 19 years. Yeah, because... 
I'm at 22, and he was either class or two behind me. Yeah, because so, yeah. he's in front of me, and I got 18. So, yeah. anyways, Ted rolls up, dude. Fucking just, you know, had a few beverages, and he goes, "No, you're a really good guy, but your time for promoting is past." You might as well just accept the role you have. <laughs> and, and, and he was, at, you know, he had his drink and he was like, "Well, I guess you're right. I'll just stay here." <laughs> so typical brothers. Holy shit! I thought it's funny when you said, "He's like your time is fast." I remember that. But uh, we have Mr. Albert Burial. Albert, I know um, on the Facebook book I, I put your credentials on there, but give us a little background about yourself, when you got in, how long you've been in the fire service, all that stuff. Yeah, I don't know if they're credentials as much as just they've happened. I've, I've forced gumped my way through most of anything I've ever done, dude. Like, seriously, most of the stuff's fallen into my lap. Um, but I became a medic in 93, so I'm going to do the math, but it's a lot of years, like 28 years or something like that. Um, then I got in the department in 2000, so I've been in 20, actually at the end of this month, it'll be 22 years, I think it's August 28th, awesome. something like that. Um, let's see, 2008 or 9, I started at Del Mar doing just skills instructor, then kind of took a break from that, and then came back again, I don't know, a handful of years ago. Ended up getting my degree so that I could teach in the classroom, and we got a faculty position in January of 2020. Let's see, in around 2009, 2010, I started working for a company back then. It was called Vitacare, which is, they made the EZIO, and I was a, a contracted clinical educator for them. They've since been bought out by Teleflex, so that, that gig right there is probably one of the greatest things ever, because I get to travel, do cadaver labs, and stuff like that, um, so awesome. it's, it's been really cool. But that's pretty much the gist of it. But your pops was in the fire service, right? Yeah, my dad was a retired firefighter um, out of NAS. So he retired as a field chief uh, out at NAS. This probably sounds really shitty of me, but I don't know. It was like 30 years, something like that. It was a while. He yeah, retired real young, though, because yeah. I guess with the, well, it's not really military, but through NAS, he was able to retire like at 55 or something like that. Kind of like us, but not your typical retirement yeah, like right. 65 or whatever it, and he with them at least back then you didn't get the option to stay like he was you're going you're gone you're you, yeah, you hit you're the retirement age and yeah. that's it or so whatever he's been retired for God, 30 years now. yeah dude did yeah. he drive my mom crazy but did he retire prior to you wanting to get into the fire service like or um i mean yes. or, or did, did, yes. did, did did his did his role in the fire service drive you towards that Yes and, yes and no. So I grew up around the firehouse, and, and not in the typical firehouse just because it was NAS. Yeah. But one of the places that my dad would be out a lot would be out at Cabinus Field. And so, especially like on the weekends, they were only there for like your touch and goes, which is all they do nowadays. But there really weren't any touch and goes back then, but they still had to be there. And this was back when my dad was an engineer. And so my mom would take me over there and I'd like spend the day with my dad and he'd show me how to wax the floors and shit. But that's where I learned how to drive standard because they had like this little, it was called a crash truck, but it wasn't a truck. It was like a block of steel that had wheels <laughs> and a motor on it. And I like its main deal was because it could tow a lot of weight. So it would tow in crash planes or whatever. And so I used to learn how to drive on the runways and stuff like that. But like it all sounded pretty cool. Then I went through the whole, you know, uh, Rambo phase where I didn't want to be a fireman I wanted to be some whatever green 
Beret or whatever bullshit that was. My Ranger said, Regiment. Yeah, Ranger Regiment. I, I, when I was in Ranger Bat, it was. Uh, <laughs> my mom said I couldn't do it, so of course, you know, typical Hispanic son. My mommy said I can't. So I can't. Yeah, so I can't. can't. So, so I, I can't. can't. But. Uh, <laughs> During, during, like, towards the end of my high school years, Easy, that's what I tell everybody, dude. Like, if it's raining outside, I was like, uh, my mom wrote a note, like, mijo can't get wet. So yeah. can't. Normally, like, people said I can't, so I did it. Yeah, but, no. you know, if you got a Mexican no, mom, it's like, period. mom said I can't, Anyone who's so Spanish? I can't. No. And I didn't. Yeah, and I didn't. Can't. You got the look, you got the no, I'm not no, going to do it. That. Exactly. And so, um, but I, it was in my, uh, in high school, probably junior, senior year, my, uh, my grandmother on my mom's side, She'd gotten cancer, and she died like right, right after graduation. But when I would go to the hospital to go see her, you know, I got to see a lot of uh, you know nursing care and things like that. And so it kind of drove me that way. My my sister, my middle sister, who's older than I am, um, she uh, she was in med school I think at the time or or pre med whatever. But anyway, it just kind of seemed like the right path. Yeah. Right. So I was like, I'm gonna do nursing. And funny story with uh, Chief Moreland, you're one of your recent guests. Right after I graduated high school, that was my my goal was to be a nurse, right? So I was like, okay, I'm gonna start taking your whatever prereqs, right? So English and all that other crap. I was working at Target at the time, and there was a guy that I was working with, and he was going through an EMT basic class, and he was telling me all about it, and I was like, that sounds pretty interesting. Like, it'd probably be a good idea for me to take that class. Before I get into nursing school, because I'll have you know <clears throat> a little bit of knowledge, whether right. it's medical terminology, right. yeah. whatever. Show up, my instructor, Scott Moreland. <laughs> yeah, so I've known Scott for a real long time. Um, but so I went through that, and it was pretty much what I figured it would be, you know, in terms of classroom. And then once I did the ride outs, it was done. That was yeah, it. that was it. That's what I wanted. Sold. Yeah, because um, I. As much fun as it is, you know, fighting fire and all that other good stuff, which of course, my dad was stoked about all of that, but I was always drawn more towards the EMS side, yeah. which has been really cool. Um, but yeah, that's how all that happened. So well, I guess you could say it was a little bit with my dad just because I've always been around it, yeah. you know, and so it was an easy transition, um, but that was the main reason, yeah. the ride outs. Well, whether you know it or not, and I'm not going to fanboy a whole bunch here, right, but Again. Again, yeah. <laughs> on on air, I will yeah, do it. Yeah, on air, yeah. But when, when I decided to do this episode last week, I knew I was going to do it. I started, you know, talking to a few people like, well, who who would be someone that's worth having on as a senior man? And believe it or not, brothers, like, your name popped up in everyone's conversation. Um, I have no idea why. I was stationed with you for fucking years, <laughs> and you're a dickhead yeah. and an asshole, but... Hey. Admitted, <laughs> but uh, accepted. But coming with that though, with talking about this is like you couldn't have a better person on there, well respected on not just EMS but the fireside. And and I I personally worked with you. It's like I put in my post that I think when I worked with you, and it's been ten plus years. I don't know if you would have fallen into the senior man role at that time, but more of a mentor role. Yeah, right? I guess. Right. Yeah. And I think there's a difference between, and we'll talk about the so. difference between. But I'm glad to have you on, and I really want right now just to get your take of, because as I was going through this, there's a definition, everyone has their definition of what a senior man is, but I want your take, like what do you feel like the definition of the senior man in the fire service is, and what their role should be, and I use the word should because 
it's not always yeah that right yeah. but what 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 should if someone if a senior guy listening to this he's like well, am i you know i want him to hear this and be like oh shit, i'm not i'm not doing that maybe i should look into this so what's yeah. your definition and what do you think their role should be in the fire service so well first of all humble you know for sure to be thought of in that way by you um even though i never thought i would uh, definitely respect you quite a bit <laughs> just because of some of the shit we've been through um you know honestly i think that the whole senior man thing is kind of um it's changed a lot i think both in definition and probably what's expected um when i first got in i think i was really really fortunate and you probably fall or both of you guys probably fall into this as well um, because this this shift I don't think had really quite happened just yet but if, if you look back the senior guys that we had when we came in they when back when they were rookies okay that was back during a time when EMS at least for our city was just kind of starting out mm-hmm. and these are the guys that were making burners you know every single shift. Right. like it wasn't uncommon for them to make one or two a shift. absolutely um, and so they're the ones that had all the experience you know yeah. like this yeah with person or whatever um, and I also think that back then the academic side of firefighting probably wasn't much at all not like it is today yeah you know um, and so your senior man was relied on to kind of teach what he knew onto them because it was literally OJT yeah. at least that would be my assumption so then fast forward to when like I came in and I was a pro being a rookie and you guys as well while we don't make fires the way we used to or the way they used to that generation was still in the department. Now, granted, they were on their downhill side of getting closer to retirement, but they were at least still there. Yeah. And so whether it was, you know, talking around the table and them giving mm-hmm. you tips and tricks and experience, or even if you just make these, you know, still alarms or, you know, smell of something burning and it turns out to be nothing, you know, they took the opportunities to at least show you stuff. Yeah. Whether it was, you know, this is how you do this, these are the, these are the irons you should pull, all of that stuff. And that, to me, was what my experience with, with what a senior man was. And it just, it was a real weird dynamic when I first got turned out. Because if I had to say, you know, who was my senior man when I got turned out, it was Matt Wood. But Matt was an engineer at the time. But Matt was the person that actually took me aside and taught me the things, like, on the fire side. Granted, <clears throat> by his own admittance, Matt would always say that, you know, he didn't know jack shit about EMS even though Matt was actually a lot smarter than I think he gave himself credit for but I think as an engineer I guess he just saw to it that I learned everything I could on the fire side yeah even though you know Rick Rivera had been there for a really long time and when I was there J.R. Gonzalez went back for whatever <laughs> whatever reason to retire out of tens which you know mad respect for him for doing that but both in time in at the station and then time in in the department and then age you would have thought that senior man would have been J.R. Gonzalez or Rick Rivera. Yeah. But I guess this kind of goes more towards the attitude side of I always looked at Matt as being as my senior man yeah. because he did pull me aside. Yeah. I, I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't learn anything from Rick or Jr. It was their teaching style, I guess if you want to call it, that was just different. You know, one of them, you know, made fun of me, which, hey, cool, you know, lesson learned. Uh, and another one, just uh, for lack of a better word, was just didn't give a shit. 
he's like, I'm on my way out. Yeah. And if you want to do something, let's do it. Yeah. And I was like, uh, all right, cool. So I got to do a lot of cool shit that probably never would have been done on a call. Um, but Did JR teach you how to fall asleep while you're driving? I do that now. You just so do I that. Think, <laughs> I think, I, yeah, I think it was deep-rooted back then, but I didn't, I didn't practice back then. But, yeah, that fucker, Jesus Christ. Um, but so... I guess that would kind of be a definition for back then, but I, like I said, I think that whole senior man idea has kind of evolved, and the reason why I think it's evolved, and I don't even know if evolves the right word, because I don't know that it's better or not, I think it's just changed the definition, different. because right. our department is becoming so young, right? There's a lot of young cats out there. More and more of them are getting the opportunity to promote really early, mm-hmm. um, and so because they promote and they drink the Kool-Aid of that particular house, they stay in that house for a time and so I I'll never forget David Franco I mean love the dude very talented very smart very good at what he does but at one point I think when he was I think it was when he was at 11 when he first got there I want to say the dude had only been in five years maybe and he was the senior man sure to quote there yeah but just by virtue of the fact that every other person there was a rookie yeah right Um, and I think that's where the big change is coming from now is that now your senior man, if we're just going by definition of time in, and even, well not really age, but just time in, maybe five years. Yeah. And I think the, the other transition here is that, you know, I think if we're being honest, and even if you're at a, a really busy house in the center of town, you're lucky if you make a burner once a month. Right. And, and when I say a burner, like I'm talking about first do on the pipe, you yeah. know, not second do or, right. you know, supply right. or nothing, like just on the pipe through the door. You know, once a month, maybe. Yeah. So that hands-on experience of firefighting is different. Obviously, you know, the science of it is all different now. There's a lot of different stuff that's going on. But you don't have those senior guys that are going to teach you stuff because they don't have the experience anymore. It's all tabletop stuff. I learned it in the classroom. I learned it by watching videos. But I haven't done it as many times as the senior man back from the 70s and the 80s. Um, I think more now your senior man is leaning more towards the EMS side because that's what we do. You know, it's like you walk into a house as a probie, we're getting more and more ambulances here in town, and now you've got a senior guy just because he's a two, you know, um, that's been in five years, and that's your senior guy. Yeah. And it's, they're now passing on the things that they've learned out in the field on EMS calls and not so much fire calls. Yeah, you know. and that's when you when you stop and well, at least when I stop and think about that, that's that's almost a scary thing. It to is. Be like, and when we, and I, like you said, by definition, senior guys got five years in, seven years in, ten years in. There was something that you used to always tell me back when we worked together at tens, and you'd be like, "Shut the fuck up." Okay, after you would <laughs> tell me that, <laughs> I'm gonna say something. Yeah, I'm gonna say, say something. So. Uh, is I'm always a rookie to someone, right? Mm-hmm. Like you'd always tell me that because mm-hmm. I, I I look to these guys and, and stuff like that. But uh, Jerry right Gonzalez is the one that uh, told me that. Told you that, yeah. yeah. And, and so fast down, you're like, I'm always a rookie to someone, and so that if you have that mentality, you yeah. you 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 never feel like you're the senior guy right. because you're always the, the, the feeling like you're a rookie to someone. Yeah. But well, just real quick, I mean, I experienced that firsthand, you know, I, so, you know, my first tour of 10s was obviously, you know, day one to a little over 
for six years. Mm -hmm. Okay, so obviously nowhere senior there. And of course, Rick Rivera was still there. So, and then I left, and then I think Rick left as well shortly thereafter. But um, I went, I go back, and I do my second tour at 10s, and I'm kind of like the senior man for sure on that shift. And then I'm like the oldest cat there almost on all three shifts. Yeah. You know? And not just time in, I'm talking about age. Yeah. But um, so when I left 10s, like, I kind of felt like I, I literally felt like a senior guy. It's like, man, you know what? I've got enough time in, not just years in the department, but years here at Station 10 where I've made enough calls where I feel like, you know, hey, I've got a good grasp on what's going on. Yeah. Um, then, so I leave there, go to 15s, and I'm with Ricky Rod. And it's just like, mm -hmm. I'm like, not. Pick up a fucking broom and a mop, buddy, because yeah. mm -hmm. you're a fucking rookie all over again. So it really was like a, not a slap in the face, but it, it was like a full circle from what JR told me early on in my always a rookie to yeah. someone to now here I am and at the time I think I had like 16 17 years in and so by most people's account I am a senior man but now I move houses and I'm a fucking rookie all over again mm -hmm. which was pretty cool um, but yeah it just it's weird but that's I think that's based upon the attitude that you take right sure. is that because there's lots of guys that I know who are like well fuck it there's two senior men here we're both gonna kick yeah. back or, or you, know, I, you know I don't yeah, yeah. make it sound like senior guys kick back but just as an example of like, well, instead of taking that attitude of like, well, I'm a rookie again, let me get in there and wash dishes yeah. and, and, and sweep up and do all those, those duties. And that's hard to do with Ricky Rod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, but, but nobody way, can outwork like you're talking that about, guy. Hey, if you can't outwork me, like this is the bar that's been set. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's he's a precedent. He's an example. Right. That's what I want to be when I grow up. That's, you know what I mean? Well, and there's a thing too, though. It's like, I mean, it also expands on what does the senior guy teach you? Right. Right. So way back when the senior guys teaching you how to fight fire how to do this how to do that you know move forward a little bit and the senior man is probably going to be more to teach you like hey on the ambulance this is how you're going to be high speed and be really good at you know critical thinking and all of that dynamic thinking and all this other stuff right or there's also the senior man that just he's probably if we're being really honest here ricky rod's not going to teach me anything on the ambulance that i don't already know and if we're being 100% honest, I'm sure I know a hell of a lot more, you know, both academic-wise and maybe even experience-wise because I put it into practice. I know a hell of a lot more than Ricky Rod does. But I will never outwork that. Yep. Right. And that's something that you can yep. also learn from a senior guy is that his attitude. The dude comes in, he's always going to outwork you. you. I know Donkey's seen him, but, you know, still waxes floors. Like yeah. He's the one, you know, on the buffer and all that other stuff. So... It's another thing that gets passed on is that who am I to have this lazy attitude when there's a guy that's been in here over 35 years yeah. and he's still on the bus? That's you know, that uh, kind of thing. I, 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 I tell this story all the time in short, but it's about, you know, never being outworked. Um, I think it was me and you. We made a fire over in Tim's territory years ago, years ago. And I remember we were coming out of this house and I was fucking gassed. And, and I look over, and I don't know if it was you with me or, or, or someone I else at the time. Matt Wood was just there. Yeah, that's the yeah. one that, and yeah. Matt was just fucking working. And, and I was, I mean, I remember I was hunched over, changing my bottom, like, I'm fucking gassed. And I look over, and Matt, who was older than me, and it was a captain at the time, was yeah. just, and I said, I'm never going to let that motherfucker outwork me again. You know, and, and I'm not, not, 
right, challenging, but, but I was like, these, this dude, the captain's been in for a while, all these ranks. He could have sat back and came and told us, sure. hey, you guys go do that, right? Yeah. But he's in there, and he's, he's working his ass off. And so yeah. that's, I always use that. I was like, no one's ever going to outwork me because I want to look like that guy. Right. Right? Yeah. And I was going to bring this up earlier, because like, you mentioned that Matt was kind of your, your senior guy as, as an engineer. And uh, Matt was a, a big inspiration in my career. But I, I, people ask me all the time, they're like, well, he... You know. Anyways, long story short is that I don't believe that an officer can be a senior man. Yeah, I don't think he should. It changes the role, sure. right? Yeah. It, cha- it, it changes the role. So you can have these. It might be a badass captain, but as far because Matt used to always tell me this, he would never tell me. But I'm sure he told you this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you or Rick, but he's like, as the senior guys, you're the eyes and the ears back in the dorm. Yeah. If there's something going on, you know, he doesn't, he never tried to step back into the dorm area right. and figure out what's going on. He never, he very rarely crossed back there unless he had to go use the pisser or something. Right, yeah. But it was always like, hey, Albert, you're my eyes and my ears back there. If something's yeah. going on, I need to know about it, bring it up. Or you handle yeah. it at that level and doesn't have to come to me. Right. That's where I started learning, like, okay, that's what the senior guy does. And I don't think I've ever, I've never hit that role in my career of the senior guy because... I've always been at places where there's I'm more senior. There's there's always been. Oh, somebody Maybe more when senior, I was at yeah. 14s. Um, Probably. When yeah. I was on a different ship with you, but even then, I didn't feel like I was. But so. Well, that's one of the. And I don't know if it's by virtue of the fact that we do make more EMS calls now, or the department's getting so young and, and people promote so young. But that's one of the things that I I miss personally. From when I first came in, and I don't know if you would look at it at it in terms of senior man, but it definitely had this kind of like in the house rank structure where the engineer was the number two guy. Oh yeah. Period. And whatever he says goes. Period. If the captain's not there, or even if the captain is there, and the engineer pulls you aside, yeah, I mean that's it. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons why Matt, I think, I looked at Matt more as my senior guy when I first got there because. Gary had just promoted, and I didn't really know that when I first got in. I didn't know that Gary was a brand new captain sure. at the time, but that tradition was still there, and Matt, you know, grabbed that with both hands as an engineer there, and he, I mean, that dude was just constantly pulling me aside. If, his, if him and Rick weren't busting my balls and making fun of me and fucking with me and hazing me and stuff, he was always pulling me aside. Yeah. You know, like, See, I hey, think that's where that transition of first whip might be able to translate now. Like you said, it's like yeah. the evolution or, I mean, just being different. Yeah. The first whip, I think, as a senior man, you're that first checkpoint, if yeah. you will. You know what I mean? I'm going to be, be the first person that's going to pull you aside yeah. and be like, hey, Tom, you're fucking up and this is what you need to do. Right. So I think he, that first whip can yeah. translate that's, still like, hey. Nah. It can. I think one of the biggest problems with that nowadays, though, and look, everybody has their reasons for promoting I'm not going to talk about about it at all, even though I'm sure I've talked a lot of shit in the past. I've done a lot of shit in this career that I'm not proud of, but... Um, the throwing bags is one that you should... <laughs> you should really... That's <laughs> what you learn. Uh, I've thrown a lot of shit, man. I, again, well, and I'll get to that in a little bit, but... Um, God damn it, see me... You can't, you can't fuck with old dudes like this, man. You forget this, what like, the what's fuck my name? I'm talking I about, even, man. What am I doing here? Um, <laughs> Did oh, I put my pants yeah, on? Yeah, here we go. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, they 
they transition off the box by either promoting the captain or the engineer. So when you have somebody that has basically promoted an engineer not for the love of the job or the or the want to be that first whip or the senior guy no. or to pass on what I've learned, I'm only doing it because I want to get off the fucking box. Mm -hmm. That probably isn't the guy that you want being your number two guy because yeah. they're not there to really want to teach anybody. And again, I'm not saying that that's across the board. There's some really good engineers out there, but there's a I would whole say bunch of them that... It's the majority. I would, I, I would say the majority of. I know when I promoted an engineer, I had no, I, I had no inclination to ever. I didn't want to be one. I had just hit that point in my career where I was like, that's what I have to do to get off this ambulance. Right. And of course, I, and then I did want to make captain at some point, but I couldn't do it from the position of the ambulance. So right. I needed that that break. So you gave us the definition uh, of that of a senior man and the roles and how it's kind of have changed. I got two questions. Um, I got more, but one is, is it is it the responsibility of the senior man to seek out the new guys and teach them? Or is it the responsibility of the new guys to seek out the senior man and learn? So I think it's both. Um, I think it's the responsibility of the new guy to seek out the senior man or really anybody on that crew to learn from. Right, like I shouldn't have to go grab you by the hand to teach you anything. However, I do think it is the responsibility of the senior man to find the opportunities to teach the younger guys. Like I'm not going to go over there and show you or tell you, like, hey, of course this is way back when, but I'm not going to go over there and tell you, like, hey, every morning you come in here and you make you make these racks, and this is how you're going to make the rack, and make sure you sweep, and make sure. No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Like you should have learned that already or maybe the other guys the more junior guys can teach you that that's not i don't think that that's the senior man's role anymore however if i see that there's something either on a call that you're not doing right or that could get you hurt or get me hurt or whatever or even in the house maybe yeah um like if the other guys aren't going to step up and say something to you then okay yeah i will step in at that point um so yeah i do think that that is their responsibility but i don't think it is their responsibility to say you know, hey, Proby, welcome here, day one. Let me grab you by the hand and walk you around and give you the tour. Yeah. No. Um, there's just, to me, that's too, um, I don't know, you're being a fucking pussy. Like, there's there's not a single thing about our job that doesn't require us to be alpha. And whether you're alpha by nature or you learn to be alpha, and you can only be alpha for a little while, like maybe while you're on a call, that's cool. But we don't have room for people to just sit there and sit in a corner until somebody pulls them up and says, hey, let's go do this, let's go do that. Yeah. So I think they need to seek out those opportunities to do that and seek out the senior man or at least somebody else that's willing to say, hey, you know, and I'll give you a real good example. I, I've had several, but this one just kind of popped into my head because me personally, I wasn't expecting it. When I was at uh, there at 15, I've already been there a couple of years, but of course, Ricky Rod, senior guy, is still there, and then there's me. Um, That is, um, she's going to kick my ass for not knowing her first name. Val? Val, yeah. Um, when she first got turned out, I, I don't know that 15 was the first place that she went, it, but it was one of the first. And she was there, and of course, I mean, it's 15, man. Like, there's not a whole lot to do. And this chick literally came up to me, and she was like, hey, do you mind, or do you think we could go pull some hose in the back? Yeah, 
how we did it in the academy, but, you know, it, it's been a while, or we didn't get to do it a lot, and do you mind maybe showing me some stuff? I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. But I was a little bit shocked, because it's 15. You yeah. know, most people already have an idea of what 15s is, and this is going to be my time to go and, you know, chill out, maybe not do anything, whatever. Um, but to be approached by a probie to say, hey, can you show me something, I thought was really impressive. Um, because not a lot of them do that. A lot of, and whether you're at a slow house or a busy house, a lot of them just kind of like, where do I fit in? But right. I don't really want to make too much noise. Right. And it's, that's probably not the right thing to do, you know? And that's, so. you, Tom, you probably see this because you, you, out of all four of us that are sitting at the table, you probably see the most new guys come through your station, right? And that, I think, and this is in fire service in general because I don't like to be specific, is that, I think this fire service does a great job of academically teaching fire and EMS, right? Both smart guys are coming out, but they have no clue of how station life works. Right. right. They have, there's, right. there's no practicality. There's no, yeah, there's, there's yeah. like, there's a hierarchy of how things work. And that first day they're, they're turned to duty and they come out here and they just, they have no clue of how oh, yeah. firehouse, trust me. <laughs> I'm telling you from experience, firehouse I had no clue how of how the firehouse works. Right? I know. I mean, I see it in the classroom. You know. You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, you, getting to teach at Del Mar is affording the opportunity to be involved with the cadets. And um, it's it's hard. You know, some things need to change. And, I mean, that, that would be an entirely different conversation. But it's real difficult to, to I guess, basically instill this fear into your cadet when while they are an employee of the department they're a student of the college so there's kind of like this I don't know it's like a gray area of like should I be an asshole to them or should I not am I allowed to do this or am I not and then where does the discipline come in it's like should I discipline them or do I send them over to training and have training discipline them but training wasn't there when the right. infraction happened there's a lot of different variables there um, and because of that, it's probably one of the main reasons why every cadet probably thinks like I'm the biggest asshole there is because I don't give a fuck. I really don't. Like squirrel, squirrel. But for what it's worth, I think you, even on their side too, that's somewhat confusing. It is, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, so I blame like, them, but I, I don't go blame this them. Whatever, because right. I'm not too probably far behind you on the asshole chart. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, is you, you you still create that environment of. Invite. No, you're inviting me. You know what I mean? To yeah. give me the ability, and even for me, to you sometimes, like, hey, Albert, I'll come up to you and be like, hey, what's this? What's that? And you know what I mean? And we'll have a conversation yeah. where you make it conducive for me to feel comfortable coming up to you and talking right. to you. Do you know what I mean? So and I think I, that's important, man. One of the things I've noticed a lot, too, though, is that there is a big generational um, difference. And I mean, and that's just across the board, not just in the fire service, but just in, in life, yes. right? It's just different. But... To put it bluntly, I think most young adults, if we're, we're going to just talk about those that are in the academy, most young adults don't know how to handle that kind of criticism, or they don't know how to handle that kind of person like me that's just a straight-up asshole all the time. And so it, it creates this barrier between them feeling comfortable and coming up and asking me a question. Because every morning, every morning before class, it's always the same. I ask them the same thing every morning. You know, how's it going? 
are there any problems, questions, concerns, and not a single hand is raised. Yeah. But then as soon as you go on break, mm -hmm. somebody will come up to you and be like, oh, hey, uh, Mr. V, uh, I had a question about this. And I was like, why the fuck didn't you ask me in front of everybody right. else? Or they'll wait till you're done. Like, for example, when I, I taught cardiology, right? So then cardiology's over. And then one of the things that I try to do is that I'll pick, you know, a couple of them and say, hey, man, send me an email and just give me a critique of the class. I don't care if you didn't like it, you think I'm an asshole, you don't like the way I teach, maybe I fucking suck at it, I don't know. And that's why I want to know, because I trust you, I trust your opinion. And I try to get a little bit from the spectrum, like one of your you know, high performers in the class, one in the middle, and one that's not doing so well. Um, and I'm really hard pressed to get an honest answer out of it. You know? And I've done it for several academies now, and I'm not saying that I haven't gotten any honest answers out of it, um, but, a lot of the times it's like, well, I kind of like the way you did this or you did that, but this other instructor this. And it's like, look, man, I'm not fucking perfect. There's got to be some shit that sure. I can improve. Yeah. And I'm going to call you an asshole yet. Not to my face. Send an email. Which one? Because you're waiting, right? You want to know. Like, if you are, you say you're an asshole. You're waiting. Like, maybe somebody is going to one day go say, hey, dude, you're a fucking asshole up there. I honestly wish I, they would. Like, I would have more respect for I it. mean, if you're waiting, I can do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway. <laughs> what the fuck? I, I, thought, I, I was like, are you trying to tell him that you sent him an email yeah. and called him yeah, an asshole? Like, wait, 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 <laughs> you're waiting for some honesty out of some people. But you're oh. calling yourself an asshole. Maybe one day somebody is going to send you that email. Say, hey, well, that's fine. Because, I mean, that, that's the other thing, too. It's like, I'm comfortable with what I am. And then yeah. you're going yeah. to be like, hey, this dude's fucking honest, man. Yeah. He's right. Yeah. But so here's the other thing too, though, is that even though I am an asshole and I put up this really hard, um, I don't mean for it to be a barrier, but maybe that's what it becomes. But one of the things that I always constantly remind them about is that I'm the fucking most honest asshole they'll ever meet. I tell them exactly how it is. I don't bullshit anything. I don't, you know, sugarcoat anything. And it's not about what they're doing wrong. It's about the reality of how it's going to be when you get out on the right. street. Yeah. And I always try to back that up with the fact that, and I, I say this a lot, but it's like, look, there are a lot of things that I am not proud of in my career. And one of the bigger issues that I try to push with them is like, look, let me tell you why this is so important, whatever topic we're covering. Um, and I say this at the very beginning in the introduction and then, of course, throughout the academy. But one of the things that I think we don't realize a lot of the times is we go in with this preconceived idea that, hey, you know, I'm going to see a lot of bad stuff. You know, mm -hmm. whether it's trauma, death, right. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you're going to see it. You're going to be exposed to it. We don't have any control over that. The one thing that we do have a lot of control over that I think, or it's the point that I try to get across to them to remind them how serious the academy is and their studies and, and then to carry it on further is that one of the worst things that you will ever experience is looking in someone's eyes as you kill them. And I'm pretty sure I've done it. Matter of fact, I know I've done it or looking into someone's eyes and watching them get worse. Like right. they're deteriorating right. right in front of you and you're not doing anything about it. And it's not because you're scared, maybe it's just because I don't know what else to do yeah. when I should have known. Yeah. Um, and I give them the examples. I'll tell them the stories, you know, and they're not the war stories that paint me out to look like a good person. Right. They're the fucking stories that I'm like, I'm telling you, I killed this motherfucker. Yeah. I did. And that shit will haunt you forever. And it's like, I don't want that from you. Um, so even though I am an asshole, I do have this soft underbelly where I try to be honest with them. It's like, look, this is what I fucked up on. So I think I don't think asshole is the word. 
Right. I think just just mm. at your rooftop and start. I have an expectation. I'm gonna disagree. And, that, and that's it. <laughs> but that's what it is. It's just yet again. It's like you yeah. talk about the first whip. It's a father figure. If yeah, you really do think about it, once yeah. once you start making that transition, in my opinion, to that yeah. that senior man, <laughs> yeah. is you start kind of taking on a father figure, and that's what my dad or my dad taught me. You know what I mean? Hey, son, this is where my shortcomings were. This is where I fucked up at. Yeah. Don't do that. I always use these these one or two liners that you gave me. One was I told you earlier that I'm always I'm always a rookie to someone, right? Yeah. And then the other one that you used to tell me all the time was, and I I, I still use it, so I steal some of your shit. I was like. You used to tell me every day I'd come in, and you'd be like, "Hey, I'm gonna fuck with you, oh, yeah. but I'm gonna teach you something." Yeah. Right. I want like, to know your role. Yeah. <laughs> I used to know get that role, one. Rookie. Know your role, rookie. Um, <laughs> but I was like, "Okay, so I'd go home, you know, with the tears, and I was like, babe, they're fucking with me, but I swear to God, they're 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 teaching me something." She's like, well, "What they teach you?" I was like, I don't, "I don't know yet, I but that is still okay to cry." <laughs> But, but, but that's the truth. Is that you can be an asshole, as long as you're teaching, right? If you're just being an asshole to be an asshole, right? Like if you're the guy that's out there weed eating and you go and ask as the rookie, you're like, hey, you want me to weed? He's like, no, 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 I got this. And then you go inside, and all of a sudden that guy walks in. And he's like, I don't know what's wrong with these rookies. Yeah. They don't want to do yard work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Big even, differences. It was neat. Like when I first met Albert, it was never at a fire station. It was actually at Delmar, where we just came to a head. I oh, think yeah. we both we seriously sat down together. And had a conversation with the cadets, and it was like the same. Sh- like it was just bouncing back and forth between the two of us. Yeah. We just looked at each other. And like, you my peeps, dog. Yeah. Like we just fucked oh, yeah. yeah. up. We right went from doing there. skills to having like a roundtable of yeah. telling them how to be and not to. And be so that was neat. At least for me, it's where I can have. I had a senior man for me there. Yeah. You know I mean, where I'm bouncing ideas and I'm asking for approval, and he's yeah, motherfucker, go yeah. for it. Send this. And that's but that's with, the other. Oh, go ahead. No, like we've talked about, and I talked to Albert a whole bunch. And I do like the fact that we we do have to create some hardness in these kids, just for the sole purpose. Is it? I'm gonna be the hardest thing. Like I tell my kids, I'm gonna be the hardest thing you go through life. If you can't deal with us shooting the shit, if you can't deal with the teasing, if you can't deal with the stuff, how do I expect you to perform when the stress, when the shit hits the fan, when this gets Absolutely. serious? And I'm like, hey, this is what I need. And it's not necessarily me yelling at you. It's just being extremely direct yeah. at you. Like, yeah. this needs to get done or I'm going to get hurt or you're going to get hurt. Exactly. So how are you going to perform under pressure if you can't even perform a little bit of me giving you a little shit? Exactly. And that's, I've told the cadets that. And then, I mean, I used to tell rookies that also. I was like, man, if you can't handle the shit I give you in the house, how are you going to handle it? I mean, and I've told them before, like, in the academy. It's like, look... Yes, I cuss a lot at you guys. Yes, I make you run up to the top of the tower for the smallest things or whatever. But if if we're in the shit and I'm on the pipe and I expect somebody to be right behind me and you can't handle just a few bad words or me making you run up the tower, how do I trust that you're going to be there behind me? Correct. Or if we're on the ambulance and you know we have a really bad call or whatever, how do I trust that you're going to be there with me to handle this situation or whatever if... You can't even handle me fucking with you in the house or fucking with you here in the classroom. Like, you're not proving yourself very well. There's a lot more to just being smart. You know, there yeah. is. I mean, yeah. um, and I don't think a lot of them have that idea. I, you know, just trying to keep on the topic of senior man, I think the other thing that's really important for the senior man, regardless of how we define it, is that the senior man being able to be honest with himself and be honest with those that he's trying to lead or whatever. It's like, look, 
just kind of like I used to tell you, I'm going to fuck with you, but I'm going to teach you some shit. The other thing that I've told countless number of cadets or rookies when they went to 10 was like, look, it does not escape me that you are a lot smarter than I am. Because this was before I was yeah, teaching, right. and the modern day curriculum now from when I went through paramedic school, totally different. Yeah. So academically, dude, you're a hundred times smarter than I am. My job is just to help you apply it in a practical way. But I know you know more than me. And most of them are just like, oh, no, no, no way, there's no way. It's like, yeah, I have experience, man, but I don't have the knowledge that you have. Um, and I think that that's where maybe some senior guys nowadays probably fail to recognize because they want to hold on to that senior guy and their experience and it automatically makes them better. And it doesn't. Yeah. A lot of these cats are they, a lot smarter than you. They burn bridges instead of making them. Sure. Well, that's, that's one thing that I, I had written down as my notes because i got to write down notes for this stuff is that a lot of, a, a lot of uh, senior guys... And to be honest with you, I don't really feel like departments have as many senior guys as we sit here and talk about. I think right. we have guys with experience and stuff like that. But I think that they hold on to this knowledge within themselves because they're afraid that, uh, well, if I, get, if I give them everything, they're going to outperform me on the right. scene. And yeah, yeah. I don't want to be – and that's, that's the wrong attitude. But do you think – and don't you two, like, I personally feel – there's, there's. You talked about it earlier. There's a kind of a change in the entire world, right, right now, going on, to where, and I've noticed this probably a little after I got in, so 15 years ago, that there's a shift from these. Most of the young firefighters that are coming in now, they're more of I, I know, I know, I know, I know, God, I instead of the uh, I'll do it, right, and so. It's hard for a senior man. I mean, it takes a lot for that guy to be like, you know what? Fuck, this dude knows everything. Yeah. Right? And so then the senior guy kind of sometimes will get the attitude like, well, I'm going to let him fail. Sure. Right? I'm going yeah. to let you fail. And that's a scary thing to actually say. It is. But do you, and I also think, so there's that shift in that, that mentality of these guys is the generation of coming to, they're just a bunch of I knows. And then there's a shift in departments around the world of like, you can no longer be that asshole. Right, yeah. And, and I think that almost eliminates or really puts a damper on the senior man's role because he can no longer be that. And then, hard ass, yeah. And, and then they, we got the generational change of like, well, yeah, I mean, I know, I know, I know you know it, but you ain't never done it. Right. So. Or, yeah, is that or a real? Y'all, y'all see that? Is that a real 100%. thing? These cats come from where, like, someone ex-military, someone you know, where, wherever they came from. They were somebody wherever, wherever they were. They're supervisors, you know, out in the whatever it was, you know, guys were pilots, or did whatever they did. Coming in, man, dude, shit, you're bottom of the bottom of the totem pole, man. The dirt that came out <clears throat> of the hole that they put the totem pole in. That's what I was told. Got that right. <laughs> Got that right. <laughs> some of them don't realize it until they get someone, you know, they come to the state for them. You get somebody like, what the hell? It's slow your road. And, and then it's just a different approach to them. They got to come here and it's just, and it's like, somebody somewhere else. You're here, man. You got to earn it. You got to earn, you gotta earn your you shit. Earn yeah. I think one of, the, one of the bigger things that I've noticed, you know, just Jenner, Generationally speaking, it's, you know, when I was younger, and, and I know you guys are a lot younger than I am, but 
even for you guys, I'm sure, just the generation in general, you know, when we were small and younger, it's like, you know, hey, go out, go play, don't come back till it gets dark. And, you know, you, regardless of where you lived, it didn't matter because we were all over the fucking city mm -hmm. that I had friends that were dirt fucking poor and I had friends that were middle class and I had friends that were rich. Not very many rich friends, but a few. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, exactly. But we got to experience this diverse culture. Right. Like just within our own city. Like I, I kind of knew how things worked from my poor friends to my middle class friends to my rich friends. And so I had that experience. Um, and so I think when you, when you transition, or not transition, but when you pick something like public service, for example, and we deal with the public, we have to be able to deal with people from every different socioeconomic background there is, right? And I think that that's probably, I don't know that it's a problem, and it's not even their fault, but that's one of the things that this newer generation is having a problem dealing with. Because way back when, you know, in the 70s, 80s, whatever, most guys that became firemen were just your blue-collar guys. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, I'm used to manual labor, I'm used to doing this and that, so yeah, buffing floors and scrubbing toilets and getting under fire trucks with bar saw and cleaning it after every call, like, that's just run-of-the-mill yeah, shit. And we're gonna, and OJT was a big thing, right? Now, nowadays, it's academics, and it's a good thing, but when you consider the fact that when you look at the the academy as a whole, mm -hmm. all right, it is a fucking microcosm of our entire society. We've got guys in there that have a background with like master's degrees, you know, guys that come from corporate America, and all of a sudden, they've had this office job, and now, they're sitting in an academy to be a fireman to work with the public. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's impossible. They're very intelligent. They do very well in the classroom. But just as a, as a whole, most of our cadets, it's like they lived in a bubble, and now they're finally venturing out of the bubble, but they're doing it in a way that it puts them smack dab in the face of the public. And I don't think they know how to do that as well as like we used to. Yeah. Because they're only used to these kinds of people, or they're only used to this socioeconomic background, or whatever. And I think for some of them, it's a hard transition. Do you, if it falls into what I was going to ask you next, do y'all think that it kind of goes back to attitude? I've found that, and I think it has to do exactly with what you said, that most guys that flourish, whether you're a senior man or not, in the, in the fire service in general, is because you have the attitude that the fire service is bigger than any individual. Yeah, right? for sure. And I, I, I think that a lot of the, and I hate to pick on them, but it's just, it is what it is. I think yeah. a lot of the, the newer generation is, is more of a me. Oh yeah, right? of course. Um, well, that's how they were brought up. Yeah. yeah. And so when they have the attitude of like, well, I don't give a fuck really about the fire service in general. I'm just going to take care of me. That, I mean, they can still do a good job, and, and they will take care of themselves. There's, there's a select few who come in here, and they're still kind of, they, 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 they want to do well, and they're smart, and, they're, and they, don't, they don't want you to know what they did before they got here. And they're great workers, man. They're, and they, they want to earn. Yeah. I just, the majority I, I, of them are like you're, like, like you're saying. I think a big problem with a lot of them in terms of like the attitude that we're talking about is that um, they're, I don't know if they're expecting it, they probably are, but they're expecting this job or this world that we live in and that we work in 
to be a lot like their world was outside of it. And what I mean by that is like they expect the same instant gratification that they got out here to be here as well. Sure. And most of that instant gratification stems from just technology. And yeah, technology is a part of our world now too. You know, fire engines and trucks and all that other stuff are more technological. A lot of the equipment we have on the ambulance are a lot more technological. All of that's great. But at the end of the day, um, if you don't know where the streets are in your district, you're gonna get fucked. Yeah, we have Google Maps and MBTs sure. that tell us where to go, but if those aren't working one day, then what? Yeah. Or, yeah, in the classroom or even in the firehouse, I can Google any you know medical condition I want and I can have an answer, an answer instantaneously. But when I'm in the shit and I'm in someone's house and they don't have electricity and it's dark as fuck and I don't know what the fuck's going on, do I have the time to pull out my phone and Google something? No, it, it takes a certain amount of dedication and this right attitude to say, hey, you know what, I want to do better so that as a whole, as a group, you know, we can do better. Yeah. And they have to kind of take away from this individualized <laughs> mentality. Because, I mean, fuck, even the games they play nowadays, it's like, yeah, well, I play this game and I play with like five other people. It's like, yeah, fucker, but they're in a different city <laughs> yeah. or a different country. <laughs> you like, never even You're met in them. your room by yourself. So it's still an individual thing, yeah. even though, you know, it's like, oh my God, it's crazy. And again, yeah. it's not necessarily their fault. It's just the world they're growing up in. But it's it's having to find a way, I guess, staying on the topic of senior man and trying to create, I guess, maybe a new modern senior man that kind of helps this paradigm shift from old school blue collar worker kind of ways yeah. to this new modern day era of, man, we've got all these guys with master's degrees and shit. And, how they're working out in the streets and this different attitude in the house, like don't hurt my feelings or whatever. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's, mm -hmm. there, there's, there's people in our department right now where I ran into them. I'm like, oh, your, your dad's also in. Yeah. Their their kids are in oh, at yeah. the same time. We've got, you know, it's, we've got a lot of legacy hires now. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, it's it's weird because you, you say I know, I'm sure when all of us came in there was. I mean, we're recording this podcast on a cell phone. Right, yeah. I didn't, I think I had a flip phone. Like, and in order to send text messages, you had to, that's a three for this, you know. Yeah, it, it, you, We didn't America. have that. ABC. To where, <laughs> yeah, a, you had to yeah. ABC. You and had a cell phone? I had that's a, nice. I, I did, I did. <laughs> and I remember, like, I remember sitting there with, with Rick Olivares one day at Station 10 when he was there, and he's like, I got the new Razor. And I was like, Oh, man, this dude is fucking yeah. balling. I got the new Razor. Razor, yeah. <laughs> you got to throw the list in. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think, like you said, <laughs> technology and, and the new generation, it, it's changed It's changed the role of the senior man in itself, in, in, in that role. But is... I posed the question this morning on the Facebook can, can that role ever go back? Can it ever go back to where it was 20 years ago when you had your... Because the role has changed from, has. from your senior men to, yeah. to what you are today and what it will be 5, 10 years from now. Yeah. I, can it ever go back to what it was? I think oh, so. Yeah. I, think, I think it would be... I think it can go back to the way it was. It'll be a bit of a hybrid type of senior man, if you will, just because of technology. But number one, I think it starts very beginning you know in the academy they they need to be beat down yeah i mean i was never in the military my son went but you know you talk to enough people that have been in the military and you know b 
ACT hasn't probably changed for decades, right? What do they do? It's like they break everyone down. They mm-hmm. shave everyone's head. Everyone is nothing because they want to break them down to the core so that they can create the soldier that they want or the right. Marine that they want or whatever. Um, that's something that I think needs to happen in our academy as well. Maybe not to the level of you know the military. I think so too. Do but, what? Uh, shaving their head. I'm good. I'm okay with <laughs> yeah. it. Um, but I think we need to do a better job of breaking them down in the very beginning so that they can kind of start to be built up in a way that, number one, academically they're taught a certain way, yes. But even when they get turned out, they start to learn things the way we learned them way back when. Yeah. Granted, there's going to be some differences because of technology and all this other stuff. Sure. But I think that needs to happen first and foremost. And when I do my introduction at the very beginning of the academy, that's one of the first things I tell them. And that's probably one of the first things that slaps them in the face that they don't like, but it's reality. Because I tell them, like, look, I don't care who you are, what you are, what age you are, what race you are, what religion you are. I don't give a shit if you worked in another department. I don't care who your fucking mommy and daddy are. Here, you ain't shit. A lot of you probably have mommies and daddies that told you, like, oh, you're the greatest this, and you're so special, and you're so good looking, and oh my god, you're wonderful, you're wonderful. Here, you ain't shit. Yeah. You're a fucking cadet to me. None of that other stuff matters. And it kind of, at least for myself, I try to put them all on the same playing field. But So from there, I think if they get turned out with that attitude, then a senior man has a better opportunity to kind of mold them, if you will. Sure. But then the flip side of that is that, do we have enough of those senior men out there now? Because there was kind of like this time frame where shit just kind of went to shit. Yeah. You know, it's like things didn't get done the way they used to get done. Um, I mean, we've all seen it where rookies come to the house and it's like they're just sitting around waiting to be told to what to be done. It's like, dude, it's morning. Like, yeah. fucking clean a bathroom. Pick up a fucking room. Yeah. But if you don't tell them, they're not going to do it. It's like, when did that happen? That's, I don't. So, you know, are I've got do guys we have enough there. senior men out there to do it now? I don't know. And that's, that, I don't know either. Because I, I love, you know, I was going to ask Tom before he had to leave. I was like, He's got a very young crew. I mean, do you, does every, by the definition that we did earlier in the show, of course everyone has a senior man because someone, oh, hey, I'm yeah. five years in, I'm the senior guy, everyone else, okay, cool. That by definition you are. But I don't think every station has a senior, and I'm using no. air quotes, man in that role of. Well, and it's interesting that you say that because, you know, speaking of the, the different times that I was at Station 10, but so I was there the first time left. And when I came back the second time, you bring up a really good point in that even though you have guys that have been there for a while, do they want the responsibility of senior man or can they even do it? And I'm not saying that they didn't want it or they couldn't do it, but I remember when I went back to Station 10, the crew that was there, there was a rookie, fairly new, and then the other crew, if I'm not mistaken, they were there when I left or they were just getting there. So they've been there for a while. Oh, wow. So by all you know, definitions, they were the senior guys. Yeah. I show up and I'm kind of looking around, you know, the first few shifts and things have changed a little bit and I'm kind of asking like, hey, what's up with this fucking rookie? Like, why isn't he doing this? And why isn't there a fresh pot right now? Like, there always used to be a fresh pot and there's no fresh pot and he's fucking just standing over here and they're like, well, dude, like, we were we were waiting for you to get back. We heard you were coming back. We were waiting for you to get back. Like, hey, uh, we're waiting for you to say some shit to him. And I'm like, why the fuck are you waiting on me to say some shit to him? Like, that stupid yeah, like yeah you guys should have had this handled a long time ago and you're waiting on me to handle it like 
So you have to have the senior guys that want to do that it. That want to do it. That can do it. That, I guess maybe care enough to do it. I don't know. But it's um, – I, I, I agree with you. I don't think in general that there's enough of those guys that, that want to do it. Um, it maybe want's not the right word. I just don't know – I don't even know if they know how, because if you weren't True. if you weren't in your career, if you've never seen that, if you've never been exposed to that, and be like, oh, that's that's how I'm supposed to do this. You, you I mean, you'll 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 try. But one, two things are going to happen: either you're you're going to fail at it, and, and then you'll give up, or you'll do it. Maybe there's more than two things. You'll do it in such a way that going to get you probably thrown in HR. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately, but. that, um, or, or you you will develop a method to do it correctly. So, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, I think that, uh, that that just again, what I was saying is you have to be exposed to it. Like for myself, I was I, I had the the pleasure, <laughs> the pleasure of being exposed to to yourself, to Nathan, to Rick Rivera, to uh, to Joe Roth. Uh, Javier Hasso, all these guys. It was funny when you said that back then, earlier you had said that you know the driver used to be like second in command. That, that's the way it really used to be. And I, when you said it, it just brought something up in my head about Javi because when he was driving at tens and I was still there, if if a, if a new guy came in and did not shake his hand, oh yeah, oh my God, this dude would lose his shit. Yeah, he, I mean, just start throwing shit. Be like, I guess I'm not important. I guess I'm not important anymore. He shaked everyone else's hand. Yeah. I guess I guess the driver's not important. Yeah. But but you know that's I think I know we joke about it, but that's kind of how it's gone to where like guys don't ask anyone nowadays in the fire department at your station if they're less than ten years in and say, hey, who's second in charge here? Yeah. And they'll be like, I don't know. Me? Yeah. Me? yeah. <laughs> I am. Yeah. You, you know. Yeah. And there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing written down in any pause no. that says that the engineer is, but it's tradition that's always tradition, been that way. First whip go yeah. go all the way back to that, you know. Um, but there's always also been like so you went from tens to thirteens to tens to fifteens, right? Yeah. A little bit of time, you know, special assignment. Yeah. But whatever. So, that's a different one. And then Donk, you ones, fourteens, fifteens, and seventeens, right? Those four. But you guys get you also because the way our the way our department works is that you you um, sometimes you have to serve at other stations, right. move out, all yeah. stuff. Can you guys notice? If there's a senior guy there, by like you talked earlier, when you walk in, the, you walk in the morning, and you do your shift change, and if you just stop and just observe, you can tell. At least I think I think you can sure. tell. Hey, there's a senior guy here that's got the shit together. Cause, or usually if you sit there and you watch, you'll be like, oh, these motherfuckers are just. Yeah, it's just kind of know, willy nilly, yeah. whatever. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, what is it? The uh, inmates are running the asylum here because there's no. Yeah. I don't know where you came from, yeah. I was just about to say, like, I mean, there's some some stations on a certain shift that you wouldn't even know that it had a captain. Yeah. You know, and it, it's um, it's too bad. Um, I, think, I just think that's where a lot of bad things will end up happening and stuff like that. But it, 
I think it used to be like that, where when you walked into a house, you kind of knew right off the bat who was in charge, and it didn't necessarily have to be the captain, but you you knew who was most senior. Yeah. You knew who was running things. Um, whereas nowadays, you're right, like you're not quite sure. And if it wasn't for the title on your shirt or the color of your helmet, I may not know that you were the one in charge here, or at least should be in charge. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know, it was a great senior George, yeah. Uh-huh. It's it's funny. Um, I was reading a bunch of shit about senior guys because when I wanted to do the topic, if you actually like Google it, there's a, a there's not much. Oh yeah. There's a little sure. bit of history about it, and then it goes into some other shit. But I was reading that. You know, you, we talked earlier about whose responsibility is to seek out this and that. But as I was reading, it was like most senior guys, like if you if you walk into a station, you want to see who the senior guy is. It's usually the guy that's like you said, he's he's either doing the cleaning or he's already already on the truck. He's he's checking out the shit already with, and, and all to himself. Like yeah. he's got no one around him. He's got, and so that's what I was gonna ask you is like how how did these young cats. Like if someone came out to your station, brand new, return to duty, came to your station, they don't want to be that guy. Be like, hey, uh, Albert, who's the senior guy here? Right. Like, yeah. You don't want to ask that question. So you got to figure it out on your own. So how, what are those things that they're looking for? And that's what I'm at. Like, what? Usually, right? I mean, but if 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 that's the case, and we talked earlier that, like, I, I never want to be out work, so I'm gonna work hard. So it's gonna be hard if you've got a crew that's like. Fuck, all these are hard workers, so who who do I seek out? And then I guess, be actually, I'm answering my own question, is that it becomes easier because you can go to any of them because they'll do that. But um, I think that senior men staying on the topic, they have certain characteristics like that. Like, And we've kind of discussed them. Like, they don't need to be told. Right. Right? They don't need to be told to pick up the broom. They don't need to be told to go check out the engine and or ambulance. They don't need to be told to have a fresh pot. But... I think as people are listening to this, that's some things. If you're hell, if you're less than ten years in, look around and and, and pick those guys out, and then pick their brain. Because how many more years you have left? I mean, ideally, it would be five. That's my plan, but I don't know. You know shit changes. I think. Yeah. It might be another eight, but, but right now the plan is to leave it in five years. So no less than five. Yeah, no less than no five. less than unless five. something like really jumped into my lap. Yeah, but yeah, five years. Because this was. This has really nothing to do with senior guys, but it does. And I remember this when um, I, I thought it when when Ricky Rod's gonna retire, when all these when these guys leave, and when, when you leave, you will take a plethora of knowledge and experience with you. Yeah. And if you haven't passed that on to this cat right here, so that he can now fulfill your role, we're doing a disservice to. You know, and it's the the way that our particular city is set up. I mean, because I'm sure, I mean, I know it's different throughout the country, but the way we're set up is, it's kind of hard for, if we're just using myself as an example of a senior guy, I mean, it's hard for that senior guy to pass that stuff on, primarily because most guys, when they want to retire, they are going out to 15th, they are going out to these really slow houses where just about everybody there is a veteran yeah so there's not really a whole lot to pass on i got the benefit of getting that from like jr gonzalez because he was crazy enough to say hey my last year in the department i want to go back home 
and I want to go back to tens. Yeah. And so I did get to, you know, be around somebody like that. Or you end up with like a Rick Rivera that ends up there for 15 fucking years. Yeah. And he's there long enough to pass some things down. Um, Frank Montoya, another one, you know, dude's just fucking crazy. He yeah. Stay at these busy houses. And my hat's off to him, but for me to sit here and say like, okay, hey, I've got five years left. Who am I going to pass this stuff on to? Sure. Um, I'm not fucking going back to tens, man. Like yeah. my body <laughs> no. can't handle it. Yeah. Um, but it, it's this doesn't really equate to me being a senior man. But the way that I'm currently doing it is through the academy. Yeah. You know, I figure instilling it then super early on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, we've been around each other enough to where you know, like every department, it has its problems, it has its issues, and I've. I've tried the different things, like, you know, being a part of the EMS committee and making presentations to administration yeah. and, and, you know, kind of just whatever, trying to make change in the department. And for whatever reason, it doesn't happen. Again, that's a whole other episode, sure. right? But I finally got to the point where the frustration built up enough for myself that I was like, well, I won't be able to affect change in the department per se, like with administration or whatever. I guess I'll just try to affect change from the very beginning. Yeah. with the cadets and when they became or when they started going to Del Mar for their education that's when I sought my opportunity because it's like okay here they are now I can become I can a grab part it of here it. early right do you have parts no I don't <laughs> no I don't <laughs> well it's again I'm going to go back to those one or two liners that I still use in my career and I, I just talked about it when I was with Roger and Tony last week is that the one thing that, that you all, I've named them, two or three of them already that you've used that I I live by. But the other one that I think is very important, and I think this is what fucks up our entire, our department, is that you used to always tell me, all we can control is what's inside these four walls. Yeah. Right? And and, and I think we all sit at the, our, our own kitchen tables at the firehouse and we fucking, uh, oh yeah. fuck those dudes over there at that yeah. station, all the, you know, all that battalion over there fucking sucks. They can't put out fire. You know, all whatever, yeah. right? We start involving ourselves outside of our four walls, and and then and then what happens is is that these younger guys that are with you, they hear that and they're like, they're there for a little while, and we, we, we do that bitching about outside of our four walls, and then when they move on, they're like, well, I'm gonna bitch about that shit too wherever sure. I go, and then we start creating that. Like almost like a fucking virus that just keeps growing. Yeah. But I think if 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 every station would take your advice and be like, hey, if you, you don't worry about what goes on outside your four walls. You fucking handle your business in your house. Get your house in order first. Right. Yeah. Right. Because I promise you, there's not a single house in our department or anyone else that's perfect. And then you know, develop your senior men that way. Um, again, I don't. I don't. I truly do not believe that it can be an officer um, as much as I like to give my guys um, advice and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I, I take a Matt Wood approach. Like I, and, and the guys give me shit about it. Like I very rarely even go and sit out and watch movies with them. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I sit down and eat chow with them, stuff like that. We, we converse, we bullshit a little bit. And then other than that, I'm usually in my office and I let them handle their day. And, like my station, I don't know if I have a, I have a senior guy by the definition, but yeah. I don't have I don't have a senior man. Yeah. Um, but it's because 
of the attitude. It's not because of years in or and or experience, because I've got guys that have tons of experience and 20 plus years in, but the attitude they have is yeah. not my chair, not my problem. That's, exactly. that's literally their attitude. I guess where I'm going with this is that, is that okay? Like, I mean. I don't, you know, and I think that the. And by okay, I I mean, can it be, look, there's minimum standards in in this service, right? And there's nothing that that says you have to go above and beyond that. So with these guys that be like, hey, not my chair, not my problem. I mean, as long as they're meeting the minimum standards, I, I, I can't, as an officer, be like, hey, man, you got to do a little bit more. He's like, well, why, am I doing something wrong? I'm like, well, no. He's like, well, then, you know, yeah. suck a dick. But how do, becomes, so how do we change the attitude? Man, I don't, I don't know that there's a singular answer for that or, you know, even a singular path. But I'll, I'll go back again to, to Matt Wood, and I, I, don't, I don't even know if Matt knew he was doing it. Maybe he did, but um, I think in general, when we're talking about senior guys, the, the captain does have to play a role. The ca- I agree with you, the captain should not be the senior man. But one of the things that Matt did do was, if I were to call myself the senior guy back then, he created it. And number one, he made it very clear to the crew um, or when anybody new came in, like we got a new rookie or whatever, it's like, look, I'm y'all's captain, whatever, this is your driver. However, if there is anything that involves EMS, because he did, it was almost like we had two senior guys sort of, but sure. you know, his driver was in charge of the engine. Yeah. And I went through a few, um, but um, I know it was Gravel at one time, and then the, the lat, uh, Joe Roth was there. Um, and then Travis Ward right before I left. Oh, okay. Right. But, so um, he, yeah, because he also had Javier Hasso, right. Tony Pettis. Yep. He, he, he went, I went through a few uh, as yep. well over there. So. Yeah. Um, but he made it very clear, he made it very clear to me first. It's like, look, he would tell me straight up, he's like, Albert, I really don't give a shit about that ambulance. In terms of what happens on it, mm-hmm. he goes, I'm, those shit y'all do nowadays, I don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. He goes, I'll do anything you want. He goes, if you want me to do CPR, I'll fucking do it. He goes, I'm just a worker for you. Um, he goes, but anything that happens on that ambulance and then here in the house with these rookies, that's I'm leaving that up to you. Yeah. So he gave me that responsibility, but he didn't just give it to me and then say, here, go figure it out. He made sure that the crew knew, number one, like, hey, Albert's going to be the one that takes care of your stuff. If you have a problem, you can talk to him or what he says goes, that kind of thing. And I don't know why, I don't know if it was the crew, the environment, what, but it just fucking worked. Um, and then the other part of it too was that how do you get more out of your senior guys? Um, I think it kind of goes in with how do you just get more out of your crew and hopefully your senior guy kind of you know, steps up as well. But one of the other things that Matt made us do was like teach little classes. Yeah. And he, he started with me. And so I, I guess it kind of instilled this senior guy thing. But it was like, hey, our next shift, you're going to teach a class. Yeah. I was like, all right, Matt, what do you want me to do? He was like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. You're teaching a class. And I was like, uh, okay. You know, but he was like, it'll, be, it'll yeah. be EMS related. You know, he goes, we'll take care of the fire stuff. He goes, but you're teaching a class yeah. next year. But it, it gave me responsibility and it gave me some ownership in, you know, what was going to happen there or whatever. And then that 
continued on with the other guys. Okay, hey, rookie, next shift you're teaching the yeah. class. We don't give a shit what it was. You know, I guess um, I never really thought about how it's created from that position, from the officer position, how it's yeah. created that way. I mean, I think I never, that if you give them more responsibility, even if they don't want it, but just say, hey, look, we, we need to learn more. We're going to do this, but I want you to teach yeah. it or whatever. I mean, because Matt knew his shortcomings. Yeah. His shortcomings were on the box or, you know, EMS stuff. So he was like, let me give it to this person. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can find something in everybody that they're experts at. I mean, look at, uh, is it uh, is Danny Mosque, the one from Kingsville? Yeah. Right? The class he gave was on the different names for street drugs, which is like, all right, cool. I mean, because it is important to know what they're talking about when they're like, hey, what do you want? And they give you some weird fucking name. That and, would be the guy I picked to do yeah. that class. That he, he right, everyone's that's, an expert. Yeah, that, everybody's an expert on something, and so you, you just have to figure it out. Yeah, wet, illy, yeah. like all that stuff. Yeah, that's what I am right now. Yeah. Listen to Albert talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, me too, but thank God I'm wearing a diaper. Yeah. I'm wet for a different reason. But, but you know, not to make it all about Matt, but because you you brought him up, and it has nothing. It, maybe it does have to do with the, the senior guys. I don't know, but he's one of the only captains that I've worked for. Where, and I don't mean to disrespect anyone that I've worked for. But he's one of the only captains that I've worked for where I felt a sense of loyalty yeah. to where I almost felt I didn't leave there because because mm -hmm. I didn't like literally. And maybe this does go back to what you were talking about. Like, I never wanted to let the dude down. I never wanted to like, I guess the word let down. Like I, I was I was always going to make sure that I was on par because I didn't want this dude to be like, oh, this dude can't cut it here or whatever. Yeah. But. But there was always a sense of, I remember there was many times where I had opportunities to leave and I'm like, I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't, I, yeah. you know, and he did instill a lot of that through you guys and then y'all instilled it through us that came after you guys. Yeah. But I do think that, and I'm, I, and, and, and everyone that's talked to me and I've talked to you, both of you guys know. Like, I am slightly jaded with the whole department. I mean, there's things that I dislike, sure. and, and it's changed my view. I was like you, you know, I, again, going back to stuff y'all taught me, was like, you know, you were a part of the EMS committee. Y'all were heavy in the union at one point, and then I remember asking you guys, you and Rick and, and, and Nathan, like, hey, it's it's just your turn. Yeah. You know, y'all yo, done your role. It's, it's, it's your turn. So I remember going through my turn, and now people ask me now, like, hey, how come you're not involved in any of that anymore? I'm like, because it's your turn. It's yeah. not my turn no more, yeah. you know. But, but it was, but you guys passed it down to like, hey, you know, right. y'all never gave me shit about being part of the EMS, even though it probably in the back of your mind you're going, man, this young cat, he's he's gung ho, but he ain't gonna change shit because right. you've already been there, done that, and didn't change, right? But but you at least allowed me to go through that process and learn on my own of like yep the same shit that you guys were battling 20 years ago is the same shit that they're battling today right you oh, know yeah. so I, I do appreciate that from all of you senior guys I, I do hope that that we can develop more but again I'm, I'm gonna go back to it I think that the service in general doesn't allow like you're a dying breed, bro. I'm, I'm just gonna say it. Like you are a dying breed. The way that you conduct yourself in a very professional manner on on scene. I, I never once ever saw you 
we rode the box a lot together. Show up with your fucking like shirt nasty untucked, you know, pants in your boot. Like it was always very professional. Um, always treated people with respect. Going back to another lesson I learned from our. This is what this whole. I'm gonna change when, the, when they deserve. So that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I like. He was always very, very professional to the, to the patients up until he was disrespected. And I'm going to share a story because this is what got me in trouble one time. Because I was like, you know what? You're going to be nice to all these people until they disrespect you because that's what Albert taught you. And this one time I went into this house. I was over at 14s already. I'd left, but I took all this stuff with me. And I was trying to be nice to this patient. And this patient spit on me. And it was on. And I thought that I had a partner with me. <laughs> so I said, well, fuck it. And I started fighting with the, the guy. I, of course, it was wrong. I was wrong. Like you yeah. said, we're not proud of things. Little did I know, in this 900-square-foot house, there were 16 motherfuckers in there. <laughs> and they yeah. came out of the woodwork, dude. And I was riding with George Rivera. Yeah. And so I'm yelling for George. They had knocked my radio off. And George is in the ambulance. <laughs> He's like, I thought it was a dog bite call. It wasn't even going to get down. He eventually made it in there, but it yeah. was just a funny story. But going back to that there's a lot of things that like I said you're, you're a dying breed you too I don't want to you know you guys are and, and it's it saddens me because you'll leave before I do it saddens me to know that you're going to take all that stuff with you and not pass not be able to pass it on yeah I my hope is that I can pass on as much of it as I can with the academy but I don't know that that will truly be allowed in its entirety. Yeah. I think some things have to change there. Um, one of the things that I think is, is important about this whole senior guy conversation or whatever is that we, we do need to let go of our own personal egos because I know that, you know, everybody that listens to this, however many people there are, but primarily the ones from this city, this department, they're all going to have something to say about me, right? And which is fine. I, you know, I don't have a problem with that. I, I really don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. I don't. Like, you spend enough time in the department, and you either get really thick skin, or you just don't make it. But the thing that I think most of us have to do in order to just grow, right? Because I, I'm only where I'm at now and have this reputation, good, bad, or indifferent. I'm only at that point because I think I've been very honest with myself. Um, yes, there's, dude, I, I couldn't even stop counting all the bad shit that I've done. Um, whether it's, you know, my professional life, my personal life, there's a lot of things that I just, man, I'm not proud of at all. Um, have, and I tell the cadets this a lot too. It's like, look, man, I've done it all. But when I make that statement, I always, I always tell them right after I make that statement, don't look at that statement like most people do, because when most people say, man, I've done it all, they're being egotistical yeah. or conceited. And when I say I've done it all, I mean I've done it all, like all the bad shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I talk, or I give examples of so many of the bad things that I've done that there was one academy class that, um, you know, in the very beginning when I asked, like, are there any problems, questions, concerns, whatever, they're like, uh, yeah, do you have, like, uh, any good stories about yourself? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because, you know, but to me, the good stories, like, those are easy to learn from. Yeah. You know, most guys don't want to talk about the shit that they fucked up with. Um, and I don't have a problem with that anymore. Yeah. Now, did I have a problem with it years ago? Of course. Like, I'm like anybody else. I'm not going to admit to this, that, or the other. 
And I think that that's where uh, most senior guys probably could make some improvement is just being able to come straight out and say it. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know what, man? I used to uh, do this. I used to dodge calls like a motherfucker. Yeah. You know? And I'm talking about me now. I dodge calls like a motherfucker. Sure. Um, I probably talked to people out of going to the hospital that didn't need to be talked out of going to the hospital. Um, I've done all of the bad <laughs> shit that most people talk about. I, I laugh because that's the other thing that he used to tell me. He was like, I've dodged more calls than you've made, rookie. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's what JR told me. So I passed that one on from him. But, uh, you know, all, all of it. Yeah. All of it. I've done it all. But I think in order to to teach somebody something and pass those, those things on, you need to be able to first come out and tell them, like, look, yeah, look, dude, I've done it. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right here, let's just take something as, as off the wall as just refusals, okay? Because we, we all do it. We all get it. Um, and that could be a whole other conversation. But I probably need, first need to start off the conversation with, look, man, I've talked to a lot of people out of going to the hospital that probably should have gone. Sure. I'm going to let me be straight up with you there, right? Like, I've done it. That being said, let's learn about maybe who should go and maybe who shouldn't go. Like, let's have that conversation. But at least let me start off by saying I have made those mistakes. Yeah. Because I think that's where most guys get rubbed the wrong way is that if you and I had this conversation here today and all I did was talk about being a senior man and all the good things that I've done as a quote-unquote senior man or whatever, not only am I going to scare him, but there's probably going to be half this department say, he's a fucking liar. Yeah. yeah. I've known that guy when he did this. I've known that guy when he did that. And then the conversation becomes more about everything that I did wrong versus the conversation about, hey, what can we improve from this? Right. You know, it's just like when you said, uh, when you had Orlando Torres on here, strong cat, you know? You can't take anything about away from what he's done. No. But there's going to be plenty of people that sit back and be like, man, I've worked with that dude, and that's not him. Oh, yeah. That's not him. Yeah. He's this, he's that. Or any other guest that you have, yeah. they're going to find the, the wrong that's with him. It's like my dad told me when we were young, and he was talking about, you know, Mexicans in general, but we're like a fucking, we're like a pot of crabs, dude. We always pull a motherfucker back down because I want to get up <laughs> that's on top right. of you. And that's, that firemen are like that to a T. And that's a double-edged sword. It's good and it's bad because I always want to be better than you, so it makes me better. But what's the cost? Yeah. I'm putting you down to do it. Like, no. That's, I, I think that is a huge attitude thing of like, and I think it's, it's not just fire service, but like, I want to be better than you. Yeah. Instead of, I want to be better than myself, right? If you you just try to improve yourself, I, I tell my boy this all the time. Y'all both know he plays golf. I'm like, you're not playing against 50 other people. Yeah. You're going out there playing against yourself. Yeah. And, and 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 this goes with paramedicine, firefighting, whatever. You're gonna have really good days. You're gonna have bad days. And that's just the way life works. You're gonna have good days. You're gonna have bad days. The good days, no one wants to talk about. The bad days, like you said, everyone wants to bring up and remind yourself. But it's how we uh, react to those bad days. How did, how did you turn it around and learn from it and make it a learning moment or whatever? But yeah. that's where I think that uh, a senior man like yourself, I mean, when I was at 10th, I, I think you were, were you still there when my father-in-law passed? I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I may have been. I barely remember yesterday. I know. I think you were. <laughs> because I know that, so when my father-in-law passed probably 12, 15 years ago, something like that, around there, I can't even remember. But 
this has nothing to do with it had nothing to do with fire but you, yourself and and Hasso separately approached me and helped gave me advice through that on not just dealing with hey this is how you pull a hose line it was like this is how you deal with shit in life yeah and me and you've had many conversations whether we ride the boxes like hey this you know yes this is we're talking about this but this is this is life shit here this is matt used to always do that one thing where he'd come in and start talking to me like uh you're probably not cut out for this job. You need to go find a different one, you know, because he could already tell. like, hey, dude, this dude's not gonna be able to handle this yeah. life shit that goes on here. But y'all would always teach life moments, and I think that's as important of a senior guy as far as like, hey, 100%. pulling a Cleveland load. Uh, that I can teach you that. I swear 100%. to God, I can teach a fucking monkey to do it. Yeah. But life lessons learned you know how to deal with like you said this bad stuff that we were gonna see and, and and i think you're right i think many people have this preconceived notion that every day we fucking just see chicago fire shit right right yeah. and that's not true but what's 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 sad about that in my opinion is that we don't see it every day so that when you do see something you're like holy and then, have, how did people deal with it? You know, most people, right. most of us, I know myself, like I internally compartmentalize, I just shut down sure. all this. And I've had guys like yourself, I've had guys like Hasso, I've had guys um, like Matt, other guys, and be like, hey man, let's talk about this. Yeah. this. This is life shit. Like, this is nothing to do with fire. And that, I think we're missing in the fire service from a senior guy. I yeah. mean, I don't... Again, I don't have those conversations with my guys. I don't know if they have them themselves, but I, I do not see that anymore. And, of course, I live in a bubble. I live over there on Leopard Street, 3105 yeah. Leopard. So yeah. I'm, I'm in the same bubble on the other side of the bridge, you yeah. know, on the island. But um, I think that that might start to change a little bit more just because, you know, now that I found out that you fuckers have podcasts, I've been kind of listening to all of them, but I was... I'm currently listening to the one with uh, Roger where he has Rodney Appleby on there about the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Just the PTSD thing in general. like um, Because it's everywhere now and, and more and more people talk about it, I think that that'll probably become a better or an easier conversation to have yeah. than it used to be. You know, Before when it was the whole suck it up thing, those conversations are a little bit easier. But I think, again, and, and I'm not... I'm not just trying to sit out here and say that everything that I'm doing at the college is right because I've probably fucked up some people over there too. But uh, one of the things that I try to tell them is I try to incorporate like this home life thing yeah. as well. Like, why it's important to do this, why it's important to do that with your wife, your husband, your significant other, whatever. Uh, because again, I fucked up this, I fucked up that relationship, I fucked up this, you know. Yeah. There's just so many things that I've done wrong. Um, that probably still getting wrong to this day, but at least I've learned from them. But you know, you got to share a lot of that yeah. too, and, and I think that that's where I guess maybe some of this modern day senior man has probably got to turn from too. Whereas in the beginning, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, the only thing the senior man did was share how to fight fire yeah. and do things right. Let me show you the tricks of the trade or whatever. Whereas nowadays, full circle, where we're involved more with EMS and all yeah. this other traumatic shit that we deal with, does that senior man? share stuff with you about work or should he share stuff with you about you know failures that he's had in his personal life personal life yeah whatever because I mean 
fuck, dude. More and more dudes are killing themselves and getting divorced and getting DWIs and all this other stuff. Yeah. And again, I've been there. Yeah. You it's, know? It's, it's all... I mean... Yeah, no. Yeah. All of those things are can be contributed to, to our job, the DWIs and their uh, divorces, all, all that stuff. And, and like I said, you faced them all, but you're not afraid to share those stories either. And and, and that helps a lot of young, younger generation firefighters or, or if people. It doesn't even they, the guys that go through your college they. Yeah. They may or may not become a firefighter one day, but they're still going to be ex- exposed to the stuff that you're teaching them, yeah. which is going to help them wherever their career takes them, whether it's in the fire service and or not. So One of the hardest things that I think that well, I know that I had to realize, but and I think this may or may not happen with most of the guys that have been in for a little while, one of the hardest things to do is to just let it out and just talk about it. You know, um, I, I don't think most people realize how therapeutic it is. You know, I went... 19 years doing the job before I had my very first fucking nightmare about a call. And it was crazy. And I don't know why it happened. It just did. But 19 years, I make a call and about a week later, I have the worst nightmare ever. Probably for the first time ever. Yeah. And it brought up a whole bunch of shit. But for whatever reason, the very first thing that I thought of doing was I'm going to go to the academy. So I drove up to Del Mar, asked Robert if I could have you know some time with him, and he was like, yeah, sure. And I presented it in a way, I was like, hey, let me tell you what happened with this call, because I made a lot of mistakes, but it was also like, I just need to fucking get this off my goddamn chest. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is where like senior guys could probably do some good too. It doesn't have to be a PTSD thing or whatever, but you know what? It's okay to come back to the house and say, you know what, guys? We fucked that up. Yeah. And, and it starts with me. Like, I fucked that up. Because the call that I'm talking about, when we got, when I got back to the house, because obviously the ladder got back before we did, but when I got back and they were like, yeah, that's a pretty good call, man. Like, I, we did pretty good. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, no, we didn't. Yeah. They were like, no, like, this went good, this went good, this went good. And, and in that moment, I just couldn't, man. Like, I couldn't argue with them. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go do my own thing. But we got to be able to tell ourselves, like, you know what? But it, rather than trying to hide it, it takes because I've seen that a hundred. I mean, you've we've all seen it. it. It takes a senior guy, the senior man, whatever you want to call him, the first whip. I don't give a shit. Yeah. To say that because ninety nine percent of the time we all high five each other and yeah. whatever the outcome of whether it's an EMS and or fire, we're like, I, I love this. One. Well, we're all going home, right? We're, yeah. We're all. None of us got injured. No one. Okay. Yeah, but we just completely fucked that call completely yeah. up. Or, or we just, like you said, we just watched this person die in front of us. Well, what's crazy is that in the house, when we're face to face, I'll help you rationalize it. Like, no, dude, it was good because of this, this, and that. Yeah. Um, but a year down the road, if you ever say anything, I'm going to be like, he's fucking full of shit, bro. I've seen him fucking kill people. And then we're backstabbing <laughs> that's talking the, about each other. Yeah. That's those crabs. Yeah, dude. And it's like, how you. You commended me the day of, yeah. but now behind my back you're gonna talk a bunch of shit. That, but, that is, and you know what? I'm probably just as guilty of that as well. But it, it's a problem that we have. But it goes uh, when you were telling the story, like you had the nightmare, you woke up, you're like, you know what? 
I'm a driver at the academy and I'm going to share this experience with these guys, the, the students there, so that they can ha they can understand where I'm coming from, how this happens, and, and what not to do. Right. But how many other people, I mean, that takes a lot of self-awareness to be like, you know what, I need to share this with these people. And I don't think that happens a lot. Oh, dude, it did. And, you know, I really wish I could sit here and take credit for it and say, like, you know what, I made this conscious decision to go over there and talk to them because I knew it would help me. I don't. I don't know what the fuck happened. All I know is I woke up in the middle of the night, and then when morning came around, something just said, like, dude, just go. And I went, but I... I can't take credit for that, but yeah, I think it is what needs to happen Yeah, a little bit more, because you're right, Doc, I mean, it is, it was very therapeutic for me, like, I left that classroom that day, like, like, man, I feel a lot better about it, do I still have issue with it a little bit, yeah, a little bit, but I don't think if I would have gone and talked about it, then it would have been like everything else that just kind of got, you know, suppressed, Yeah. And but, dude, 19 fucking years that it finally took for everything to build up I guess and then that one incident is just like and you probably had what it was oh, I don't know what the call was but you probably had similar or worse calls oh, by to far. that up, yeah. to, up to that point so it was just something in that moment I, I think it was a culmination of a lot of things but one of it was like how could I have been in this long yeah, yeah. dude yeah it's like how, there, yeah there's that whole incident we could talk about for hours but it just yeah it was brutal it was tough well just to recap, we're going on an hour and a half, which is longer than most times I do. But we've oh, that's what he was. He was telling me he did one earlier, or not earlier, but with with John Keller, it went three hours long. And and, and we could we, we could sit here and talk all day, and, and but uh, I'm gonna wrap it up here. But we've defined what what you think the senior man's role and definition is. Uh, we talked about the attitude. You talked about some things that, um, if you think you're a senior man right now, you know that you can do possibly to to better yourself. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know they were going to turn the vacuum on, but I can hear it in my ear. I'm like, well, yeah. fucking a, that damn construction site. Um, and then we've gone, we've, we've, we've hit a bunch of stuff yeah. on the senior man. I, I think, like you said, though, I, and I think the best thing in closing here, and I'll, I'll let y'all talk about it, but I think it's important for everyone to know that it's it's an evolving role. Like, it's it's changing with the times, and the, uh, the JRs, and, you know, he doesn't listen, but the Rick Rivera's, the Albert Virial's, those guys, it, they're... They're fading out, and it's going to be a new generation of, of the senior man where it's going to involve not just strategies, tactics, all this stuff, but it's going to involve personal life stuff, you know, right. helping these people learn to – the fire service, you, you know from a personal experience, so do you, so do I. It's a rough service to, to be a part of in that, first of all, there's a lot of time off. Which is good and bad. Yeah. Um, we, we, we are exposed to a lot of different shit and how you handle it. But, I mean, if you joke by the statistics, like you said, DWIs, drinking, substance abuse, divorces. I mean, they're all super high within our thing. So, having a guy that's gone through it all, like yourself, share, which is completely awesome in my mind, share your mistakes and be like, I've done it all. Yeah with these new guys, I think that's 
that's the role, and this is my opinion, that's the role of a senior man. Like you said, these guys are going to come out of an academy, and they're going to know how to pull a triple A. They're going to know how to fucking roll a Cleveland low. They're, no, they're going to, yes, do they need to get reps in? Absolutely. But what they're not going to know is they're not going to be like, understand the signs and symptoms of, of their drinking, of their right. problems at home with their significant other or their spouse. They're not, they've never been exposed to that because before they've sat in the office, they worked eight to five, they went home, make dinner, everything's cool. It's different. Um, I mean, just like you guys both ride the ambulance, just being exposed to all the people at the hospital. I mean, we all know how, yeah. I mean, shit sometimes falls in your lap and you're like, oh, what the fuck do I do about that situation? Right. Albert, help me out. Exactly. Exactly. And so I, that's what I think. I think the senior role is changing. Uh, I wish it was back to the way that, that you used to do it. The... Being an asshole. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I Me wish, too. I Me wish too. it was back that way. I really do. <laughs> I, I think that if, if, and I don't think it's any part of, or any fault of, of, of like yours or anything. I think that both of your guys, your hands get tied by, sure, yeah. by um, red tape bullshit of like, you can't do that. You can't say that. You can't, do, you can't treat those guys that way. If they tell you, they know, they know, you know. So, it's, like you said, you used the word evolve, and you said you're not sure if that's the right word. I, I, I think it's the perfect word. Yeah. I think it's evolving. I don't I don't know how it, it can't, or if it's even possible for it to happen, but there, at some point, there will, there will need to be a recognition by, let's just say, HR, okay? Because maybe, maybe they're the ones that make the rules. I don't know, but... There will have to be a recognition within them and like our administration that says, "Hey, yes, times are changed, right? It's, it's a different generation. It's you know the participation trophies and you know me, me, I can never do no wrong, and you're the greatest and the best and the most best looking and blah 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 blah. blah. Like everything's so positive about them. Um, and then the whole you know firehouse stuff, like the hazing or whatever." can't do that you got to be careful with this and you can't do this and you can't say that and it's like okay i get that to a point in the corporate world or outside of what we do but at some point human resource and administration are going to have to say all right look we need to sit down and i don't know if you come up with a set of rules or whatever but you know what we're gonna have to bend a little bit because the people that we think we're protecting by having all of these safeguards in place we're actually doing a disservice to because in the house they get treated like we'll just say royalty like they're just getting treated really well with these, you know, real soft gloves and mm-hmm. stuff. But they still have to make calls out in the community that doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, it's like you take police officers nowadays. When I was growing up, you were scared of or respected police officers. Absolutely. Nowadays, I'm like, how the fuck do these dudes just stand there and let people talk to them like that? Yeah. You know? So it's just different. But if, if you're just always protected, you can't talk bad to them, you can't you can't make them feel bad you can't hurt their feelings but then they go out and they make a call in Molina or La Armada the cut whatever and those people start talking shit to them and telling them all kind of stuff how are they going to handle it in that moment yeah. and are they going to still be able to do their job when you know husband is here bitching them out because they're sure. not taking care of his wife the way he wants them to or whatever and it's like that's not fair you know you can't say that to me sir uh, the fuck he can. Yeah, it's his house. He's gonna say whatever the fuck he and, wants. And the truth of the matter is, you're expected to perform at the same level, right. whether they're coming at you like right. a mad mob or they're being polite. Like I mean, I yeah. I remember what was that club called out there? It used to be the Yellow Rose. What was it? What was it? I don't know what it was. Oh, before, yeah. 
I, I just the last one I remember was Yellow Rose, but I know which one you're talking about. That, yeah, I mean, I remember I made a call out there with, and I was with on the box with John. I think y'all showed up on the engine. This lady got stabbed, and they they were not going to let us touch her. And of yeah. course, we had to do what we had to do, and dude, that engine couldn't get there fast enough because there was that coffee that you like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was ugly, but anyways, but but like you were about saying, you had yeah. to know how to handle yourself, and if you can't, if we can't. If we can't put them through that little bit of stress within the firehouse, I mean, come on, man. Right. You and know. So, I mean, how does it go back to being a senior guy? I mean, that right there. I mean, yeah. if I can't, if I can't do a little bit to try to make them hard in the house or in the academy or whatever, it's kind of hard. But it's gonna be hard to make them successful at what they do. I, I hope that. Again, you said earlier. I don't know exactly how many people listen. I mean, I have an idea. I get, I do get stats. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if, if you're if you're someone that's male or female and you're ten years in or, or less than that, and someone's you know teaching you, but in a hard manner. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. But you're learning something, right? But but they're you know whatever. They're an asshole, but but they're teaching you. Do not go run to HR. You know, find the, what they're teaching you and take it for what it is and, and learn from it. Because I know so many guys nowadays, and I'm talking guys that have been in longer than me, that the moment someone, like you said, the moment someone says something or does something, I don't know how many, they go, they run to HR. They're like, this guy told me I had to use the salad fork and not the yeah. other fork. Yeah. You know, it, it's in, we have almost instilled that in like, hey, if, if they're, they're hazing you. You you could you have that right, and I think it comes from not only our administration, but even our association tells them the same thing. Like, yeah, you, you don't have to put up with that shit. Go go to HR. Right. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, dude. You know what? Just how about handle your shit in house? It used to be back in the day, probably back in your day, guys would just go to the fucking bay and fix their shit. Yeah. Yeah. Go in the back and they handle their business, and that's it. They come back and it's all. Yeah, it should be. 99% of your problems can be handled yeah. in the house. I'm not condoning violence in the station. I'm just saying that's... I am. <laughs> <laughs> most, most problems don't ever have to leave the firehouse. Because once don't. they do, they're out of that captain's control. Absolutely. They're, they're beyond your four walls, and whatever happens is... Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Well, exactly. Albert, I thank you for coming on for this hour and... Fucking hour and 45 minutes, man. It was a pleasure. Like I said, we could keep going, man. Oh, yeah, but, easily. Yeah, um, again, man, like I said, I'm humbled that you thought of me. Uh, I appreciate it. And, um, you know, hopefully sooner than later I'll have mine out yeah. there or whatever. But, I mean, you know, I, I think, honestly, I think the more of these that there are, the better off it is. You know, I think every um, podcast that's out there, regardless of yeah. its topic or background, there's, yeah. there's a lot to be shared and learned. So, off topic and not talking about senior men anymore, I, I think that, I think you should have one. I think you should have one. I think we all should have one because what they are is they're conversation starters. Someone's going to listen to this, no problem. Maybe they get 20 minutes in, maybe they go all the way to the end, and they're going to be like, oh, man, did you hear what Albert and Donkey and Lonnie talked about? And they'll, they'll, it's a conversation starter. Yeah. Or, or they're like, man, those motherfuckers are stupid. Did you hear what they said? Yeah. Either way, it's still a conversation starter. Exactly. Right? So... Unfortunately, and I'll, I'll say it, unfortunately in our department, there's like, there's not a lot of information that gets, like you said, you live in a bubble out on the island, you were out on the island for the longest time, I live in a bubble. The, the word transparency and information dissemination 
Yes, that word. That means put it out there. Yeah, I was, I was already starting to. to I'm not going to be a one. priest. <laughs> no, that's bad. No, a that's a. But but I don't I don't I don't think there's enough of it out there. And so with every person's experience, knowledge that we can share and listen to, fucking put it out there, man. Um, especially you, bro. Like you've got so much. I don't even give a fuck if you talk about fire EMS stuff. Stuff that you've been through in your lifetime. Yeah. Hey, dude. Yeah. So when I, I, we're still on here, but so when I text you and I was like, hey man, do you have a picture you want me to use when I go ahead and put oh, this right. out there? You're like, oh, use whatever one. So I got on your old Facebook and I was scrolling through, and I remember this one that he took. He was still at tens. He took it. He was laying down in his rack and he took it from out here. Like, but all you could see was this because he was laying on a white pillow. Like, <laughs> it was just his face. I was like, "This is motherfucker's hair." I was like, "Oh shit!" It blended in right with the white pillow. Oh, the one here, Ricky Rod. You look like the same dude. Dude, if you could, if you could take a picture that that the definition was just like old man, like this was it in every regard because it's me and Ricky Rod standing right behind me, but he's standing up and I'm kind of kneeling down, so there's that perspective. Right? Yeah, and. uh the only, like I didn't take it on purpose. So number one, the, the the vision of it itself, like just the picture itself, is two old dudes. Yeah. Right. And then if you were to like explain a little bit, it would further, you know, emphasize that because I wasn't trying to do that. I was trying to take a picture. I think it was Franco. Um, I had his phone. I was trying to take a picture of him or, or a video of him like cutting up a car. And I didn't know how to work his fucking phone. And I hit a button and hit this other button. Next thing you know, I took a selfie of me. And I'm kind of looking like this because I got my glasses on. And my little mustache, Ricky Rod standing back here. And it's like, it's the saddest excuse for two firemen. Dude. Even sometimes the senior man needs a little help with technology. Brother, I need a lot more than that, man. Holy shit. There was a... Speaking of pictures, there's one. I, I think it's still at nines. I, I don't know who it was. Or maybe it was at 10. Someone has... Oh, it was a uh, Guzman. Uh, used to deliver the EMS. Oh, EMS Goose. Yeah. yeah, he was. They got a call and they got a snap of pigeon. He was running out to the bay and he was dragging the sheet behind him. It was. Still, oh, yeah. <laughs> he still had the sheet like tucked into his pants and everything. I was like, holy shit! There's some funny stuff out there, but there is, man. It's 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 all good. It's all hilarious. Well, I appreciate. Thanks for letting us sit in. They're, I love it. Like I said, uh, off topic, man, I think anyone that wants to put one out there, I mean, it, first of all, it does take a little bit of what you said earlier. I don't want to go back to the podcast but or the topic, but you have to let go of your ego because, like you said, people are going to listen to like, this dude, he don't know what the fuck he's talking about. And, and maybe I don't, but I'm pretty sure I have a little bit, you know, I, I um, and even if I don't, so what? You know what? Call me. Let's... Educate me. I'm. I'm not too proud to be like. You know what? Exactly. I was wrong. Come. Come teach me. Learn me something. Because exactly. I'm willing to learn. Um, and more importantly than that, I just want to. Because I'm like your boat. I've probably got ten years left. I got ten years left, and and I do have a lot of stuff that I want to share. But where where I'm at, I don't have the opportunity to share it with young guys, new guys. We don't get them. Yeah. So I don't have there. that. So I was like, this is my avenue. Even if it's one person that listens and is like, hey man, that makes sense. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that. I was just having a conversation. I don't even know where the cat's from. It was through social media. 
he's uh he's like hey you know i like the stuff you put out i'm a volunteer i'm trying to get into a career department all this stuff and i was like hey man whether you're a volunteer or your career it doesn't matter you're a fireman yeah to me your exactly. brother if i can help you in any way i'm my, my phone's always open my email my, my social media i said contact yeah. me and uh he, you know i gave him i gave him I like to pass them off as mine, but I do give him credit. I was like, I'm going to give you, like, my five top Albert tips, and you can take them with you for the rest of your career. And the funny thing is, they're, I'm sure they're not mine either. But isn't but that, yeah. that's awesome, because they were passed on to you, and yeah. you passed them on to me, and now I pass them on. But what was your topic? Because you, you, you're yeah, laughing. Next time we got to get Frank and Pike out here to do a golf ethic. Oh, <laughs> shit. You can have told you and maybe I have told you Albert but the idea behind the name was I mean I didn't know this I didn't because I don't watch the show but I, I didn't know that in the show Chicago Fire y'all there's a character named Mouch or something oh, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. okay he started a podcast on the show and it was called The Kitchen Table I didn't someone someone informed me of that I was like yeah. oh that's pretty cool yeah but my yeah, reasoning for the you think so yeah okay I think the show's been on a while but uh, <laughs> My reasoning behind the name was that, because I and I truly believe this, that all of the solutions to our problems lie at our kitchen table. Oh yeah, 100%. they just never leave there. Yeah. Right. And so this was a way for me, like you know what, this is going to allow these solutions, whether anyone listens to them or not, it doesn't matter. They're out there now. Now they're out there in the intranet, and someone can find them. But for for 18 years, I've sat at a kitchen table at a firehouse, and we bitched and we've complained and we've come up with solutions and the next shift we've bitched and we've complained and we've come up with so the same the same shit for 18 <laughs> yeah. years yeah you know i'm like eventually it's got to leave this kitchen table yeah eventually. and so probably not we'll in see. our careers probably not but, but eventually but this was my way of like you know what this is, i'm gonna put this stuff out there and first of all it's, sometimes we don't just drink coffee we actually drink some peanut butter whiskey no, it's not that. When time. I get that phone call, <laughs> no, you're the right. AM. You're the, you're the, the, the old man. I was gonna try and say something in Spanish, but I was like, I'm gonna fuck this up and call him something. I was gonna mess that up. So you're the old man. So we gotta do you in the morning. Cause hey, I, I mean, I get permission sometimes to stay up till like eight. Till like eight. <laughs> <laughs> but. Well, that's all yeah. I got. I appreciate you coming. Honestly, two hours, yeah. man. I didn't expect it, but... Yeah, again, humble, man. I, I appreciate well, the, uh, the opportunity. Whether you know it or not, and I'll tell you, honest to God, straight to your face, that you are well-respected. I talked to a lot of people about having you on, on here, and they were like, you can't get a better guy on there to share his, his knowledge and his experience. So, um, certainly humbling, that's for sure. I don't yeah. necessarily think that I... Uh, Maybe. There's, there's Maybe. Allergies. Um, <laughs> definitely something that I don't think I uh, I deserve, but I, and I don't. 
I think that the another big problem that we have, not all of us, but some of us do things and say things because we're we're fishing for compliments sure. and things like sure. that. And uh, I certainly am not. Yeah. I mean, I've, one of the things that I'm the most honest about when it comes to the cadets is that, dude, and I'll, I'll use the phrase again, but I I truly believe that I force gumped my way into the reputation that I have. Some of the really cool things that I may have done out in the field, pure luck, honestly. Some of it is, yeah, okay, I mean, I'll take credit for my ability to do some things and maybe pull something out of my ass, you know, when, when the time required. Hello. And, uh, but a lot of it, I mean, 100%. Did a good thing happen? Yes. Was I responsible for it? Not entirely. We did it as a group. I think where I got a lot of my reputation was that I got lucky enough that the right people were there. Like, I remember I made a call one time when Rescue 3 was there, and it, it was something cool that happened, whatever, but it was Rescue 3. So yeah. Rescue 3 starts to talk about it, and next thing you know, your name becomes synonymous with, like, oh, my God, you know, Rescue 3 oh, or whatever. Sure, sure. So, you know, am I going to sit here and say I don't deserve any of it? No. But, I mean, truly humbled. I, I'm humbled right. that people think that, you know, I'm deserving of that. Awesome. Um, I know, I do know where my shortcomings are. I, I want a lot of people to understand that. Anybody that's going to be out there and talk shit about the person that I used to be or that hey. I am, trust me, I know, and I'm not afraid to admit it. There's no one on here saying you're perfect, all right? There's no, <laughs> no nobody. There's no, and if they are, I, I will call you later and tell you a bunch of stories. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty but, sure. But no, but yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting to have all these people say, man, they're well respected, and, and, and not only it. on the EMS side, bro. I know you like to like hold that hat as that, but I've seen you as an acting driver on a pump panel, have every fucking line deployed. Yeah, why you gotta bring up shit? <laughs> I hate those moments. And there was, there was not a, a line, uh, I mean, everything was off. And he, up there. It yeah, was. But what was, you didn't know was that everything was off because I didn't know which one. You just was pulled the them right off. I pulled them off. <laughs> if I pull them all and I open them all. It's a trash fire. Why don't get it? Get, get, get them all off. Hook me up to five and shit. <laughs> No, but it was a two-story house over. I mean, it was a long time ago. That was the that was the same fire that Nate and I. You were on the pump panel. We were in the back, and we had that cast iron tub oh, fall yeah. through the roof that was right the one, next to us. Nate and I still make fun of it. Uh, that was the one where he gave his initial can report showing up on scene, and the dispatcher was like, uh, "Tim, for I'll relay that on Group Seven. You're like on TAC channel. What, <laughs> he was like on one of the PD channels. Dude. How he got the radio there, I don't know, man. But a bunch of cops heard it." And that, uh, nobody going to the fire that was day. one where I think you were driving, he was acting, yeah. and I was tailboard. I think we had two tailboards back then yeah. in the day, but still was crazy. So anyway, still remember those. Well, yeah, appreciate it, man. I'm looking forward to the next one. Yes, sir. Thank y'all very much. Um, we will see y'all next week. Temple. Peace.